Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. Now, before I do, God's just stirred my heart. I shared in the first service that um, Marilyn and I, we um, give our tithes and offerings on, online, and we do that every, every week. But this morning I woke up, and I, thought, I felt the Lord say, put an extra $50 in the offering today. I'm thinking, okay, Lord. I didn't fight him. I just said, okay, let's do it. So I determined to do it. This is not to um, talk about me, but to show God's goodness. I determined to do it. And before I got to do it, at the greeting time of the first service, someone came and shook my hand and there was $50 in it and said, this is for you. Isn't it amazing? It was almost like the Lord said, just be obedient and I will provide for you. <laughs> and that was before I'd even put the offering was after the greeting time. And then during that, I said, thank you, Jesus, that's awesome. But during this worship time, God says, you need to give it away. <laughs> Isn't God good? So I've learned to be obedient. And I was praying about who to give it to. And Anthony, come on down. Anthony Balson got saved last year. And God says... I want to bless you. I just want to bless you. And the word God gives me is hasn't forgotten you or your family. He hasn't forgotten you or your family and he's going to bring it all to pass what's in your heart. And that word about it's going to take months or weeks or even years, God's going to speed the process. So be blessed. Take your wife out for dinner or lunch and be a blessing. God bless you, mate. <laughs> Hallelujah. God so you never know what happens at church, eh? Let's just be generous and uh, be blessed to be a blessing. Well, I've got a really exciting topic to share today. Prayer and fasting. I'm sure the Bible, it should be prayer and feasting. That sounds more better, eh? There was a lot of feasting in the Bible, but prayer and fasting, you read that and think, oh, really? Well, we've got some exciting news to share today. And I want to read a verse, Ephesians 3.20 first. And that's a verse we've had the last couple of weeks. How the theme for this year is God's the God of more than enough. And we're going to see more and abundance and overflow in our lives and every way. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes or dreams according to his power that is at work within us and we've been preaching the last couple of weeks on this year is going to be the year of more than enough and we're going to see breakthroughs overflow provision souls miracles in so many ways and I, I believe we're just going to see multiplication in so many ways there's challenges with it the enemy fights us but our God is greater. And last week I talked about different ways we're going to see it with expectation and faith, setting smart goals as Kate was sharing about, and all sorts of ways, doing it together, because it says we and us, not just individually. So as a church, as couples, as families, as uh, ministry groups, we see that come to pass, the God of more than enough. And I'm just so excited in my heart because I can see God up to incredible, incredible things. And God's going to do it. And today I want to talk about one of the other ways we walk into and see that is through prayer and fasting. 
And uh, I was thinking about that. And then we got an email from Pastor Wayne Alcorn, our national leader for the Australian Christian Churches, which is over a thousand churches around our nation that we're a part of. And he sends his email and says, I believe God's called us to a 21-day prayer and fasting season. I'm thinking, oh, great. I love feasting, not fasting. But I just knew it was God. It just burned in my heart. And so um, today, we're launching that season. We're joining with others. And some of you have already heard about it. I sent out an email. And I just want to talk a little bit, what is prayer and fasting? Because sometimes we, we have all these crazy ideas of... Uh, some people do like a hunger strike, say, God, if I fast and I stop eating, then you've got to do what I want you to do. It's not like that at all. It's a place of being drawn to God. It's where your relationship with Him, where the things that the clutter in our minds and hearts is moved out of the way and we are positioned and we see other people positioned through our prayer and intercession for breakthrough and transformation. So the first week there, this week they're encouraging us to pray for our church, our community, our local situation and our city and all that's going on here, our workplaces. Second week, which will line up with our 24-7 prayer week, is going to be for our nation and for breakthroughs over our land. And we need the power of God demonstrated across our nation more than ever before. And the third week, there's an encouragement for personal revival, breakthrough, and freedom to come in individuals' lives. So that's just a, a brief summary of what's calling us to do. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, pray without ceasing. I used to read that as a kid and think, how can you pray 24-7? You've got to sleep, you've got to eat, you've got to go to work, you've got to study. doesn't mean you're praying with your mouth going the whole time, but it's an attitude of prayer where you're connected and aware of God, that He's with you anywhere, anytime. The message says, be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. Thank God he calls us to live a life of blessing, of overflow. The Amplified says, be unceasing and persistent in prayer. Jesus taught about prayer and fasting. There's an interesting verse in Mark 9.20. So he said to them, this is his disciples, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, the story of Jesus was up on the mountain being transfigured with the glory of God, with Peter, James, and John. The Father's blessing comes and encouragement, reminds him of his mission, as Kate was reminding us today. And then when they come down off the mountain, here's the rest of the disciples trying to help a 12-year-old boy who has had seizures and was controlled by evil spirits. And they're trying to get this boy free, but nothing was happening. Jesus walks down the mountain, gets within close distance, not even ready to lay hands on and rebukes the spirit and it flees. The boy falls down, then he gets up totally healed and free. And the disciples, the other nine of them that were down there, when they get together for lunch after, they say, Jesus, what was that all about? Because they'd already been sent out and people get set free, but this time it wasn't working. And Jesus made the statement, this kind comes out by prayer and fasting. Not necessarily that it was a greater evil spirit, but from what we can gather, it appears that the disciples were trying their own strength 
or in a spiritual formula they had seen Jesus use to set people free and have forgotten that this relies totally on faith and the power of the Holy Spirit and not some religious formula or past experience. It's got to be a now fresh word of authority and life and love flowing today and every day. And Jesus saying prayer and fasting will help keep you in that place of sharpness, freshness and being alive in the Spirit of God. Jensen and Franklin, can you pass that book up? Thanks, Matt. Jensen Franklin uh, has preached at Hillsong many places. He's written a couple of books on fasting. I bought this a while ago, thought that'd be a great read, and then I put it on the shelf saying, I don't really want to read it because I know I'll be challenged. You ever bought a book or someone's given it to you? Oh, it's awesome. And then you put it at the back of the shelf so you don't see it. Well, anyway, a little while ago, God said, it's time to read that book. I said, okay. I read it and got really stirred. And then I pulled it, picked it out again this week and started reading. Jensen Franklin makes this statement. When you fast, your spirit becomes uncluttered by the things of this world and amazingly sensitive to the things of God. Once you have experienced even a glimpse of this and the countless rewards and blessings that follow, it changes your entire perspective. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about different types of fasting because when we think of fasting, all we can think of um, water diet and uh, no food for the next week if you're doing a week's fast. And that's a recipe to get skinny. And if you're not prepared well, you can actually get sick in the process and do some damage. Fasting... And prayer is not a hunger strike to try and impress God or try and force Him to give you an answer or a breakthrough. It's giving more time to seeking the Lord. It's surrendering your life to the Lord so that you or others are positioned and ready for the breakthrough from the Holy Spirit. And the discipline of your appetites and desires is a good thing also. You know, because God's given us our appetites for food, um, for exercise, for relationships, for sexual fulfillment. All these are good gifts, but they need to be disciplined and used for the right purpose in the right way. Jesus taught in Matthew 6, when you give, when you pray, when you fast, Jesus expects us to regularly give, pray and fast. Uh-oh, I haven't preached this for a while, so I've been challenged and saying, you need to teach your people what it means to pray and fast and do it properly. Let's read Matthew 6, verse 1. Be very careful not to do your own good deeds publicly, to be seen by men, otherwise you will have no reward, prepared and awaiting you and with your Father who is in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor and do acts of kindness, do not blow a trumpet before you to advertise as hypocrites do like actors acting out a role in the synagogues in the streets that they may be honoured and recognised and praised by men. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, they already have their reward in full. But when you give to the poor and do acts of kindness, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give it in complete secrecy. So that your charitable acts will be done in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Also, when you pray... Do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray publicly, standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, so that they may be seen by men. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, they already have their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your most private room, close the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray... Do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. 
So do not be like them, praying as they do, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. That's a mystery, isn't it? If God knows what we need, He's a loving Father, why on earth does He want us to pray? He's chosen to partner with you and I in relationship. He said, you have not because you ask not. He wants us. It's like our children or grandchildren. We, we can see what their need is, but it's really special when they come and ask and then you're able to give lovingly and provide. So the Father has chosen to include us in the prayer journey. He could just pour it out. Because he knows what you need before you even ask. And sometimes he does surprises and that's awesome when he does that. But he's called us to pray, to seek him, to worship and sometimes to fast and to believe for breakthrough. It's part of the process of maturing, of discipline, of authority, of breakthrough. And in the process you grow into a much deeper relationship of trust and understanding. Some of my greatest moments of breakthrough have come during or after I've done a season of prayer and fasting. I haven't done a lot of fasting the last few years. As you get older, your body just doesn't handle it as well. But when I was young, in my late teens and 20s and 30s, I would regularly fast um, three days um, um, a term. Sometimes I'd do a more. At the beginning of the year, I'd do up to seven days. Sometimes just on water or water and juice and just praying. When I try to do that now, my body says, uh-oh, you're too old to do that degree. But you can still do measured fasts with I'll talk about the Daniel fast in a moment, explain what that looks like. But I remember some breakthroughs have come and the Spirit abuses that because you get focused. Your mind gets uncluttered and you can just see. I remember after one season of prayer and fasting, I was in a church on the Sunshine Coast and only a young pastor, uh, probably early 30s, and I was just so alert in the Spirit. And I remember I'm preaching and this lady walks in and the look on her face knew she wasn't coming to bless me. She was really angry and she's walking down the aisle as I'm preaching and I didn't know if she was going to attack me or what she was going to do, but it wasn't good. And I said, Holy Spirit, what do I do? And immediately the answer said, just point at her and tell her in Jesus' name to stop. As soon as I did that, the power of God hit her and she was thrown down on the ground in the middle of the aisle. Well, that got the church's attention. There was no one asleep that day in church. And I remember it was at the end of three days of prayer and fasting. It was like the enemy was challenging my authority and leadership. But it was so clear. I knew exactly what to do and there was no fear in the whole moment. And I've had other experiences like that where God's grace comes. Other times it's just been a word of wisdom to know what to do, a choice or a decision that you've been wrestling over and tossing up options and all of a sudden you're praying and fasting and you get up one morning and you just know that you know that you know this is the way to walk. This is how you change. And so God brings clarity to it. So then he says, this is how you should pray. And this is what we know as the Lord's Prayer or the Disciples' Prayer. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Letting go of both the wrong and the resentment. Mm, that's clear, isn't it? And do not lead us into temptation. Deliver us from evil, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive others their trespasses, their reckless and willful sins, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others nurturing your hurt and anger with the result that it interferes with your relationship with God, then your Father will not forgive your trespasses. And that's another whole story of the power of forgiveness and, and releasing to God. 
And whenever you are fasting, so it's not like, will you ever? It's whenever you do. So he expects us to do it on some sort of regular basis. Whenever you are fasting, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they put on a sad and dismal face, like actors declaring ashes or dirt, so that their fasting may be seen by men. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, they already have their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head as you normally would to groom your hair and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by people, but by your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. That's beautiful and powerful. Now you say, well, if we've got to do it in secret, why on earth are we calling the church around the nation to do prayer and fasting together? There is something powerful about corporate prayer and right throughout the Bible and throughout history, there are times when leaders call churches or people to corporate prayer and seeking God. So you don't go around promoting it, but you do it from your heart, but there's power in corporate prayer and seeking God together. While preparing for your fast, it's important to choose ahead of time what type of fast you'll participate in. Not only will this help you get focused and prepared, but you can um, get ready. If you're going to go on a three-day fast, which is just on water or juice, you need to prepare a few days before and afterwards. Otherwise, you can do damage to your uh, intestines and your stomach, and you need to go through the process well. There's some great books on fasting and resources uh, by Jensen Franklin and others. And we've got a couple of websites we'll put up later for you can uh, Google that. There's nothing more inherently type of fast as opposed to another. Some say, well, I'm, I'm just on water and juice. And are you still eating vegetables? You know, it's not about a competition. This is about your focus with God and what God speaks to you and what will work for your health and your situation. Your personal fast should present a level of challenge to, to it. But know your body, know your options, and most importantly, seek God in prayer about this and follow what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. It's also important to not let what become the, the focus of your fast. It's not about the food you're not eating. It's about every time I feel hungry, I'm drawn to focus on God and do some extra time of prayer. And if you just fast, then that's diet. But if you pray and fast, it's a spiritual transaction that will bring blessing to your spirit, mind, emotions, and body. And we just need to understand. And a lot of health professionals say some fasting one day a month or uh, for a day or two in seasons can help detoxify your body. And we know the blessings of that if it's done properly. But we're talking about prayer and fasting where you are pressing in to break through with God. This is not a time to disconnect enough with your... It's a time to disconnect enough with regular patterns and habits in order to connect closer to God. Fasting does require preparation. If you've got health concerns, if you uh, are on medication, if you uh, have chronic conditions, pregnant, nursing, children don't need to fast because they need to have regular intake of food. And, and if you want to do something together as a family, talk about something that they can join in with. And you might go off uh, um, meat and uh, desserts. And so they can, they can join in by missing out on whatever their treat is for a few days so that they can join together. But we need to be wise and sensible about it. I've seen some people do crazy stuff. I remember one evangelist, he loved prayer and fasting. He saw amazing miracles. But when he was younger, he'd fast for seven days and then he'd go out to an all-you-can-eat all pizza place to break his fast. Well, you can imagine, after a few years, he wrecked his metabolism horribly. 
<laughs> and I used to think, that's not good. <laughs> and if you're going on a fast for three days, you need three days before and three days after to come on and off and on properly, especially if you're going just on fluids. And even if you're adjusting, for anyone who loves tea or coffee or any other drinks that are high in sugar or caffeine, if you take one or two or three doses of that a day and you stop it straight away, most times you get headaches and withdrawals. It just, and, and it's the same with other foods. So we need to be sensible about the process, but don't make that too difficult so that you don't ever pray and fast because the rewards are powerful. It will get you focused. I find after I am praying and fasting that I, the Bible just comes so alive. You open it up and it's just, just you're writing all the time because you see stuff you've never seen before. And you pray, there's a new authority comes. There's a new freedom in your worship. And the enemy will contend to do some prayer and fasting. Guess what? Next day at work, it's someone's birthday and there's two cheesecakes come for morning tea. <laughs> or someone rings up and says, I got some spare food. And they drop over and you got all this food that you didn't order. It's like the temptation will be there. Whenever you set yourself for a breakthrough, and especially with prayer and fasting, nearly every time there will be temptations in the first day or two to break through. And you just got to be disciplined. You got to have some sacrifice. Deal with the giant of comfort. Because Jesus doesn't promise you comfort. He promises blessing, peace, and a fulfilling life. But your comfort is not the greatest goal of God's heart. It is peace and kingdom purposes. And sometimes that means sacrifice and discipline and focus for your life. And in our lovely Western Christianity, we don't like that message. But the Spirit of God wants us to break through. And this is one of the ways that he will call us into uh, a purpose and a focus. The Daniel fast is a well-known one. Before we get to the Daniel fast, sometimes God will challenge you just to pull back from specific food or, or activities. This type of fast refers to omitting a specific item or items, activities or habits from your, that you give now to prayer. It might mean you pull back from red meat or processed or take away food or sweets or soft drinks. It could mean coming back from an activity like television, social media, computer games, something that takes up probably an inordinate amount of time. God say for the next week, just turn it off. And you'll be amazed. And if you turn it off and then don't be grumpy in the corner because you don't have it, spend that extra time in prayer and praise. <laughs> I'm doing it, God, but your attitude's horrible. You might as well not do it because you're not achieving anything except the pain for everyone else around you. Let's do it like it says. Don't be grumpy and negative. Say, Lord, I'm doing this in obedience to you. So if it's led by the Spirit, it's amazing what breaks can come. And we have all this stuff that we think we need, but we don't necessarily need that, need that much. And our nation is in crisis. Our families are in crisis. I was at the hairdressers yesterday. And I walk in, and I don't know all the people very well there, because it's, it's sort of a barber where they have different ones. And this lady says, I need to talk to you today. So they waited, and the others, and she wanted to cut my hair. So she, as soon as she starts talking, she says, do you have emergency accommodation? I said, I'd love to say yes, but I just don't. I said, what's happened? She's close to tears. She starts telling me a story. So a 10-minute haircut went to 25 minutes, because she wanted to talk. So she just slowed the process. And she's pouring her heart out and her family's falling apart. And I'm thinking, oh, God. 
That was yesterday. I thought there's so much brokenness in our community. We need spiritual breakthroughs. We need restoration of families. We need the kingdom of God released across our city and community more than ever before. And one of the ways is for us as people to be sharp, alert, led by the Spirit. Because prayer and fasting without obedience and being led by the Spirit can just be a works exercise. But if you pray out to the person and forgive and, and sow some seeds with someone else, then you will see the fruit of what you're doing. And so God's calling us to do that. The Daniel fast is a great model to follow that proves to be extremely effective for spiritual breakthroughs and focus, for bodily discipline and purification of body and soul. It's probably one of the most commonly referred to types of fast. However, within the term Daniel fast, there is room for broad interpretation. In the book of Daniel, we find two different times when Daniel fasted, once in Daniel 1 and again in Daniel 10. In Daniel 1, it states that he ate vegetables and water, and in Daniel 10, while the passage does not give a specific list of foods that Daniel ate, it does state that Daniel ate no rich or choice foods as well as no meat or wine. So within a Daniel fast, there are various forms. And there's books out on it, the Daniel fast. And you can buy them or jump online and check it out. So it's not a set rule, but it generally means you pull back from some of the things you normally eat focus on so that you can cleanse your body, you can give more time. Because when you eat, it's like lunchtime. You have a huge big meal, especially on weekends, and then you can't move. You just want to lie down and sleep because all your blood is gone to digesting the food in your stomach and your brain gets lightheaded and you just want to sleep. So when you're not eating as much or you're eating less heavy or rich or sweet foods, you'll find you'll be a lot more alert mentally You'll find prayer and focus and spiritual alertness will come much more easily to you. And that's what I've found. And so even that benefit is good in itself. So I encourage you to check that out. And uh, there's a, a website, danielplan.com. You can just jump on that and it'll give you a whole lot of danielplan.com. will give you a lot of resources. If you're not sure what you want to do, just jump on and get some resource and because uh, I believe there's a focus, God's calling these next three weeks around our nation, tens of thousands of people. And I want to encourage you to join in in some way. It might be, some of you might just lunch on Wednesday and Friday this next three weeks and just give an extra half hour or an hour to prayer. It might be that's all you can fit in in your busy world. It might be that you choose to withdraw from some of the social media or other things that take your time and energy and partially or fully and just give that time to seeking God. It's not a works trip. This is a focus journey of seeking God and believing for breakthrough. Have a goal. What are you believing for? We're, the first week we're praying for our church and our city and our community, um, but there'll be things in that that you're believing for. Second week, we want to pray for our nation and focus. And the third week, it's personal revival and breakthrough. Maybe you're believing for a miracle of healing, a family situation to be turned around. You're stepping into a new era of ministry. Say, God, I want your anointing to flow like never before. Let the gifts overflow and no weapon formed against us will succeed. Let the authority of God come 
sharp and strong in your life. And let it come with unity, because where there's unity, God commands the blessing. And I believe some of you in your workplaces or in your habits over holidays, we just get a little bit slack. God's saying, let's get back to journaling every day. Let's get back to the Word of God being alive and active in our souls. And I believe as we do, you'll see more health, more breakthroughs, and the Spirit of God will flow through you with great anointing and clarity. You've got the juice fast. Some people just go on juice of vegetables or uh, water, and I've done those in the past, or uh, a water fast where you don't have any solid food. If you do that, you need to prepare yourself well, and before and afterwards, and I've done that up to seven days when I was younger. I don't think I'd survive seven days this time. I'd have to prepare a longer time before and afterwards. But Marilyn and I, we're going to go on a Daniel fast for the next three weeks where we're just going to cut back from uh, a lot of the meats and uh, desserts and, uh, and extra things and just do more vegetables and fruit and juices. And that's what we're going to do for the next three weeks because we want to, I'm determined to see more breakthrough. I'm determined to see breakthrough so we can build our home for the harvest. I'm determined to see hundreds of people come to Christ. And I want to be as sharp and as clear and as fit as we can be to lead and to see the kingdom of God expand. And if we all do our part, let me tell you, the power of God will just increase. Blessing will flow in your workplace. Things that have been a temptation or a drag will all of a sudden start to be moved out of the way. And you'll see kingdom light shine into the darkness. You'll see transformation come of habits and things that have held you for years start to lose their power and God will show you how to address that, how to sort out those marriage or relationships, how to bring breakthrough in our hearts and our lives. How long do you do a fast? You need to ask God. John Wesley, who started up the Methodist church and and went around the world and they had tens of thousands of leaders. If you want to be one of John Wesley's pastors or leaders, guess a week, not just for the first week of the year, every week of the year, They had two days. I think it was Wednesday and Friday. They would not eat until night time. And they did that for many years. And we wonder why they built churches all over our nation and around the world. It was one of the keys because it brought focus and breakthrough. I was was a youth pastor in a church years ago on the Sunshine Coast. And our senior pastor, he loved fasting and prayer. God bless him. But if I was on his team... Every quarter, three days, prayer and fasting. We'd go out in the bush and you'd find some cabin, which was a million miles from the nearest corner shop. So there was no way you could go when you got hungry to, to sneak something. And we lived in this unit of a house and went for three days to worship, pray, seek God, read whole chunks of the Bible. And I know in those times in my late teens and 20s and early 30s is where God developed the spiritual capacity which I now have. People say, how can you go on a missions trip and preach 15 times, two or three times every day, day in, day out? I said, because God's enlarged my capacity. And some of it comes by prayer and seeking God. There's no other way. There's no other shortcut to it because God will stretch your capacity. He will release the gifts in business and and in your medical field and wherever you are. He will release you because your spiritual capacity grows when you make more room for God. And I know that God's calling us to arise, to step forward again. There's Pastor John and Beryl Job there in their 80s. They've been pastoring for a long time. 
you were raised on prayer and fasting, hey? That was, that was the way it was. The power of the Spirit and prayer and fasting and the Word of God, that's all the tools they had to great churches all over our nation. And sometimes we get nice and cool and sophisticated and we got all the modern things and they are awesome. Let's communicate in today's language every way we can. But we need the power of the Spirit of God. We need focus. We need the flesh under the control. God says we are, we are created spirit, soul, and body. But most of the Western world lives body, soul, spirit. And if we don't keep the spirit as our key focus, our soul and its appetites and emotions and feelings and mind will rule and our body appetites will rule us. And prayer and fasting is one of the ways that God helps bring balance to in our normal life. He loves us. And it's an element of focus and sacrifice that isn't a popular message today. But I believe that God's using it for His glory. There's a Bible app you can get on to Bible.com. And you can find a whole three-week awakening devotions for every day throughout the next few weeks. And you can get onto that. I think Peter sent it out to some of the young adults and others, and I'll send an email out this week to let you know on that as well, just so that we can press in. And, and we have prayer here on Tuesday mornings from 9.30 to 10.30. We have prayer on Friday mornings. I lead from 6.30 to 8. And we're going to open up the church at lunchtimes for the next three weeks on Tuesday to Friday from 12 to 1.30. So if you're in the air and you want to pop in for a half hour prayer, the church will be open for you to just come in and, and do some prayer and focusing in on God. I believe as we're, if we're serious about making more room for God, He's going to come in grace and power. It's not about works. It's about relationship and breaking through. And maybe you need to set your own journey. Set the alarm clock for whatever time. Another thing, 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then I will heal their land. Forgive their people and heal their land. Last year, Pastor Wayne, when we were facing some of the challenges, said, set your alarm for 7.14 every morning or every night. And take a few minutes time. That's another little thing you can do. We need some triggers to help us because we just get busy and focused and so many things. And I believe the Spirit of God is calling us to respond to His Word and ways. A couple other thoughts to wrap it up. That God's calling us, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Spirit of God is calling us, faith and pray and fast from some food or a certain thing over these next days and the next three weeks, you might do it one or two days. You might say, hey, I can do that meal. I'm just going to eat less and I'm going to focus on this. Just see what God will tell you. Work in with your health and your wisdom. We need understanding on that. But I want to say, when you do it, it's sharper. I'll finish with a story as the worship team comes. I heard the story about two axemen. They were lumberjacks over in America or Canada. Four chainsaws were probably common in the... And they used to fell all these forestry trees. And this young guy, he says, says this older guy, he says, let's have a competition, see who can chop down the most trees in a day. So they start off, and this young guy, he's just mowing those trees down, probably pine trees, and they're pretty easy to chop. And the old guy's going at a slower pace, 
and the young guy's just going for it. And he'd look over every now and then the old guy would take a, a break and a rest. Think, oh, the poor guy, he's getting tired, he needs a rest and come back. So at the end of the day, the young guy thought, surely he's done twice as many trees as the old guy. And when they add them up, the old guy had chopped down 30% more trees than the young guy. And he was devastated and really confused, saying, every time I look over, you're, you're walking off having a rest. He said, how do you do it? And the old guy said, well, you thought I was having a rest. I was having a bit of a rest, but I was sharpening my axe every time I was sitting down. So when I came back, I wiped out a whole pile of trees in the next half hour because my axe was really sharp, but you just kept on working all day and your axe was really blunt by the end of the day. Prayer and fasting will sharpen your axe. It will sharpen your mind. It will sharpen your heart. It will declutter things and get you focused. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.